Jesus gave his life up on the cross and he says, it is finished. And we know that he died of his, of his heart actually burst. We know his heart was literally broken. The water had separated into the sack that surrounds the heart. And so he died physically, medically speaking, of a broken heart before they had the opportunity to come and break his legs, before they caused him to die of asphyxiation, which is how most people would die on the cross as their body would become so weak they could no longer draw breath. And so when they went to Jesus to break his legs, he had already died, but he had actually died. His heart had burst within him. So great was the love of the Son of God for us. And so they take his body down and they lay it in the grave. And you can just see the adversary of our soul. You can just see Satan so excited that he's finally snuffed out the rightful heir to the earth, to all of creation. He's finally killed the Son of God, the ultimate revenge upon the God whom Satan had rejected. And you can see him just beginning, just awaiting that moment for Jesus to come down into Sheol, the place of death. And you could see him as he's excited, he's waiting, and he's, he's thinking to himself, finally, this is it, I've, I've destroyed him, first Jesus, and he's probably thinking in his own wild, demented mind, next I'll go for the Father, I'll take him down too. Because, and we know there was silence, it says that there was silence right before they took him down. Remember, he gave his last, and he said, it is finished, and darkness covered the earth. And we know in that moment, God, Jesus, left his body for that moment. And there was silence. And you could just see Satan there just waiting, just waiting in that place to speak the defeat over Jesus. And I kind of think in that moment, instead of hearing chains dragging or ultimate shame, I kind of think he heard something a little more like this. And he's like, what? Theme music? This is a first. And he's waiting, he's thinking, did, and, he, and he, you know, he speaks to his, one of his other guys, hey, fly, liquor. Was that you playing music? But it starts building, and he's going, no, I definitely hear theme music. I definitely, and I think I hear a bluesy kind of theme music, which is my least favorite kind. And he starts worrying, I think we did something wrong. I've never heard anybody come down into Sheol, strutting into Sheol to theme music. I think at that moment he started wondering, uh-oh, something ain't right. And Jesus comes rolling in. I come for the keys. Go on by your knees now. I come for the keys. Come on, hand them on over. And I think at that moment, I think all the captives started realizing, I think we're getting out of here. I think we're getting out of here. And I think Jesus came in and he took the keys to the grave, didn't he? And he started unlocking. 
He started unlocking. He started unlocking hearts. He started unlocking shackles. He started unlocking people from sin and death. And all the Satan could do is just sit there like this. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. And we're free because he rose from the dead. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Let's let Junction City know that our God reigns. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Woo! Now just kind of shake your body a little bit like you mean it. Come on. James, I feel like maybe you should come up here and do a little bit of Jesus is alive. Now, oh, what? Come on. James wants to show you what happened when he got free. Come on. This is your moment. Don't let me down. James, get up here. Get, get up here. Let me tell you something. James was locked up in that pit. He was tore up. He couldn't move. But Jesus came strutting in and showed James how to do some of this. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah, he's risen. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you can't party in church, it's all over. Amen. Let's give these guys a hand. We love you guys. Where else would you want to be this morning? I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I want to be with my family. My name is Pastor Joshua Rivas. I actually avoided that first name, that pastor part, for a long time, but eventually I finally surrendered. So my name is Pastor Joshua Rivas. I'm honored to be here to serve you um, by speaking from the word today. And uh, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bless the delivery of your word, your story, your testimony. God, no amount of showmanship, no amount of proper speaking, even, even the very gifts that you give us, those things by themselves, they do not change lives. But your gospel, the truth of who you are, the testimony of you, Jesus Christ, can cause us to go from death to life. So today, Lord, as I share the testimony of what you've done, the testimony of what we've seen in the word, and a little bit of my own testimony, Lord, of what you've done in me, well then, Lord, let your kingdom come. And let people encounter you personally. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to read to you, actually, from a very cool blending of the Gospels. It's called The Greatest Life Ever Lived. 
Jesus Christ. And what they've done here is they've actually blended the Gospels together so that you can read all four of the accounts together as one. So it's very, very cool, but it makes it very, very hard for you to read along with me if you brought your Bible because you'll missing, be missing the other three Gospels. So I'm going to read that now, beginning in Mark 16, verse 1. When, <clears throat> when the Sabbath was over, Jesus is laid in the grave at this point. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices, which they intended to use to anoint Jesus' body. They and several others with them came at early dawn on the first day of the week, this being Sunday, to see the tomb, bringing along the spices they had prepared. And suddenly there was a powerful earthquake. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came, and rolled the stone away from the door and sat on it. He shone like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were terrified and became like dead men. Now after Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. Now Mary came to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the door. And then she ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, they took away the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they laid him. And then Peter and the other disciple went out, and they ran toward the tomb. And they started out running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. The other disciple's the one who's writing this account, by the way. He's letting him know, I beat Peter. I was there first. He stooped down and saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. And Simon Peter arrived shortly afterward, and he went into the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. The face cloth, which had been around his head, was lying not with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. And then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. And they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They didn't understand that yet. So the disciples returned to their homes, wondering what had happened. But Mary kept standing outside near the tomb, weeping. And as she was weeping, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb where she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one angel at the head and the other at the feet. Woman, they asked her, why are you weeping? Because they took away my Lord, she answered, and I don't know where they laid him. And after saying this, she turned and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was him. Woman, Jesus asked her, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And she thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you carried him away, please, please tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Mary, Jesus said. And she turned toward him and said, Rabboni, which means dear teacher. Don't hold on to me, Jesus said to her. For I haven't yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and to my God and your God. To my father and your father. To my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and she told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. That she had seen the Lord and he had told her these things. But though they heard he was alive and that she had seen them, they didn't believe it. This is the word of the Lord. 
God's name, when he came, Jesus' name, one of the many names that he gave us to know him by in the scripture is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Would you say that? God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He is God with you. He is God with me. And when Jesus came and he walked, we see the story of Mary Magdalene. Mary, I love Mary. Mary is someone of whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. Not one demon, not two demons, not a frustrating little tick. No, 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 no. Seven demons. Mary understood what it was like to be tormented. Mary understood what it was like to have urges and anxieties within her that caused her to question her very identity and worth. She knew what it was to be pulled from place to place from things and powers and spiritual realities within. She knew what it was to have a fevered mind and not knowing my thoughts from someone else, to be tossed to and fro. And when Jesus came, he came and said, Mary, I am Emmanuel, I am God with you. And he cast those demonic things out of her life. He took away that, that double-mindedness. He took away that, those anxious thoughts, those, those justifications, those rationalizations, those fears and the shame. And all of us that have been through those types of things, we know exactly what it was like, don't we? To be like Mary, to not know my own mind from another, to not know my own temptations from my own desires. And she was bought by God with us. And he had cast those things out of her life. And not only that, because his name is Emmanuel, because he is God with us, then Mary was able to be with him. But now, as all the disciples have had to experience this, she's seen this Emmanuel, this God with us, taken from her. She's seen him whipped and beat. And, and, and it defies reason because they watched this God with them create life from death. They saw him rise, raise the dead. They saw him multiply bread. They saw him heal people, wounds healed up, leprosy cleaned up. Extraordinary miracles. And yet somehow mere men were able to take this Jesus who didn't even resist them, put him on a cross, destroy his body, and kill him. Every hope that Mary had Every reality of God with her, being God with her, Emmanuel, has been taken from her. And all she's left with is to go back to the tomb and to at least try to prepare the body, the broken body of Jesus, to, to honor his body. Okay, so you were the son of God or you were at least a, a great prophet, but all I know is that you set me free, you gave me hope, and now you've been taken from me. And I simply want to honor, Mary Magdalene, I want to honor you by at least preparing your body with these myrrhs and spices. But when she goes to that place of great sadness, she goes to that tomb, she goes to that place where every hope and every dream has been laid to rest. How many of you in your lives know what I'm talking about? Everything else that's broken down, everything that's, that's failed, everything that's despair, she goes to that place, that place of the tomb, where her hope of safety has died. Her hope of being whole has died. Her hope of being with God has died. And she's weeping. And Jesus, as we know, as we just saw a real true life enactment of what he was doing in Sheol, he's doing a victory lap. He has the keys to death and sin, 
he has won back rightfully by dying as an innocent human being for every guilty human being that has ever lived and ever will live. And he has won back all authority over this earth that we live in. It's a pretty good day. He has, he's just come back from grabbing those keys. Now, he has been separate from being with his father visibly for 30, at least 30-something 30 years. He, he, you realize he came from the father, right? And he's a spirit. He's been with the father. And he comes as a human being to be, to be just like us, to know what it's like. Because why? Because his name is Emmanuel, God with us. So he comes as a man, experiences everything that we've experienced, and then something we've never experienced, which is to pay as an innocent person for every guilty person that will ever live on a cross. He, we have not experienced that. We've experienced some pain, but we've not experienced that. So he's experienced that. And the word actually says that for the joy set before him, he bore the cross, despising the shame for the joy set before him. He didn't enjoy the cross. Nobody enjoys the cross. He didn't enjoy it. But he knew what he was after. And here he is. He grabs those keys. And he's heading back to the Father to go, I did it, Dad. I got him. I got him. I won back the earth. I, I've, I've defeated sin. I've defeated the enemy. I've, I'm, it's, it's happening. And he's marching out of there. And Satan's still just sitting there, you know can't believe we killed him. That was so stupid. Now it makes so much sense. We should have let him live forever. We should have put guards around him so no one would ever touch him. And then he could never pay for the sins, but that's another story. No, we killed him. And Jesus is marching back to heaven. But what is his name again? Emmanuel, God with us. And he sees Mary, and he sees that she's broken. He sees that every last vestige of hope Every dream, everything in her has been dashed, and she's at the place of death, and she's weeping. And Jesus, I love this, it says, it says Jesus stops, and he says, Mary, he's marching back to heaven. He's on his victory. It would be like you just, I, I mean, it's not, I don't even know how to do an example, but let's just use the Olympics, okay? You just became the greatest, most winningest Olympian ever. You're on your way up to the stage to be recognized by the whole world for being the greatest athlete. You just won the crown, and as you're marching up towards the stage, you see one that you love, and you're so compelled because of who you are that you stop and go, I'll get to that in a minute, and you go to that person and you say, Mary, Mary. It's not all lost. I'm still God with you. I'm right here, Mary. I'm right here. I'm not even going back to the Father yet. It says he hasn't even received his body yet. He said this, don't hold on to me. When she sees him, she goes, Rabboni, good teacher, great teacher, kind teacher. You're here, you're alive. And he says, yes, I'm Emmanuel. I couldn't even, I, I had to stop and tell you. And tell, hey, tell everybody else too, by the way. I did it. Because of who he was, he was so moved, he didn't even return to the Father yet. Do you see that? Do you see that he is so God with you that he didn't even go celebrate the victory yet and he had to stop for one that he loved and say, but I will be with you. Mary, I'm with you. Mary, I'm with you. And she goes, let me hug you. He goes, well, you actually can't do that yet because I'm, I'm actually not supposed to be with you yet but I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I'm so God with you that I had to be with you. 
And the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so he is still God with you. He is God with you, and he wants to be with you. Why do you think he went to the cross? Because he wants to be with you, and he wants to be with me. I know. It's crazy. I can't believe it every day. So he says, Mary, Mary, it's me, and I'm with you. It reminds me of when I was a, we, we've, all, we've all heard about Jesus, right? I mean, you're here because you've at least heard about Jesus. And many of us have had experiences with Jesus, and, and, and we're in various stages of, of the revelation of this God with us. This idea of a God who's with us. And you know in the word it says, it says, this is eternal life, that you would know me. That you would know me. This is Jesus speaking. This is eternal life, that you would know me, Emmanuel, God with you. This is the reality of the resurrection. When Jesus ascended to the Father, he said, behold, I will be with you always. And I'm not speaking to you, by the way, about someone that I read about in a book. I'm speaking to you about someone who lives inside of me. I can speak with great authority about my friends. And Jesus says in his word, I no longer call you my servant. I call you my friend because I tell you all things. And why do I do that? Because I like you. <laughs> I like you a lot. And my name is Emmanuel. I am God with you. When I was a child, I used to have these night terrors. There was a season in my life and, and, I, and I, would, I would just see things all the time. And I would wake up in the night there was a season in my life, I'd wake up in the night every night. And, and I don't know, maybe some of you have experienced night terrors, but I would wake up with, so cloaked with fear that I couldn't even move. The fear itself would cause me to come out of my sleep. And when I awoke, there would be these three presences at the bottom of my bed. And the fear was so palpable that you couldn't even breathe. How many of you have been that scared where you're just like, Okay, well, that was me. And then finally I would go, Mom! Because, you know, I was young, so I did that high thing for you there. So I wasn't like I am now. And so she would come running, and she would pray, and she would say, you know, fear, go away in the name of Jesus. And she would pray with me, and I would fall asleep, and then it would happen again the next night, and then the next night, and then the next night. And so finally she came to me, and she, she taught me some principles about Emmanuel, about Jesus. And she said, in 1 John 4, 4, the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Oh, that was some good information right there. That's, thank you. And she said, and further, when this happens, you're going to have to learn how to resist the enemy too because the Bible says that if you resist the enemy, he will flee. And I thought, well, that's also some good information. Appreciate that. She said, so I'm listening. You know, where are you going with this? You know, I could just call for my mom. <laughs> and that's, I don't know what all this is needed for. And so she, she continues to explain, and she says, and then also in the Bible it says that even the angels, when the enemy comes, they, just, they, don't, they don't call the enemy names or anything. They just say, the Lord rebuke you. So when these things come, then you just tell them, the Lord rebuke you. Go away in Jesus' name. Because remember, in the Bible it says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. She's telling me about Emmanuel. Greater is he who is in you. Emmanuel, God with you. That's also good information. She said, so... I'm not going to come tonight if these things come back. I'm like, whoa, 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 start over. Okay, what was lesson again? <laughs> so that night I went to, went to sleep, 
And once again, fear entered the room. I woke, out of a, woke up out of a deep sleep, completely yet again unable to even breathe, unable to even move. I, I just sat there and I felt like I was, my, my, you know, my, I was trying to take a breath. I'm like, and, and, and I was remembering the lesson in my head. My lesson was like, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The Lord rebuke you. But my body was like, <laughs> and so finally I just, I just was able to just, just I, I, I wasn't able to say all that stuff. All I was able to do was to just utter the words, Jesus. And as soon as I said Jesus, those suckers left and they never came back. Never. And I mean that officially, I think they were sucking on my toes, that's so scary. It was not a bad word. What was the point? The minute that I called out the name of Jesus, who is God with me, he couldn't help it. He wanted, he came immediately because he's God with me. Do you think that I scared those things away? Of course I didn't scare those things away. I'm just a little kid. But Jesus, who is God with you, he comes when you call him because it's his nature. And even in the greatest victory where after he said, it is finished, and he took the keys and he brought freedom, he didn't change who he is. He is still God with us. And today I want to I provide an invitation. I want to provide an opportunity for everyone that's here today. You're here on a special high holiday, and I'm, and I'm so glad that you're here, but I want it to be so much more than just a sweet day at church. I want this to be a day where we all together remember and, and turn to this one and, and, and say, God, be with me. Emmanuel, be God with me. I need more than just information. I need, I need more than, than just the scriptures. Those things are great, and I, and I appreciate the stories about you. Those are awesome, too. And I'm really encouraged by all these other people around me who apparently are like the luckiest, most loved people in the world because they're, everything good is happening in their life. But I'm at the tomb. I'm Mary Magdalene. I remember all the promises and all the good things, but my life doesn't look anything like them. I need you to be with me right now. And today, today is that day. God did say in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And later he says, and by the way, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. In Romans 10, the word says, That the word is in your mouth. It is near you even right now. That if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what is his name? Emmanuel. If you believe in your heart that he is God with you. And you confess with your mouth that you want this God with you to be with you. And conveniently, it's his name. God with you. And you choose to, to say, Lord, then please, if this is who you are, then be with me. And I will be with you. You know what, beloved? This is the whole gospel. This is the whole thing. Jesus, in fulfilling, reconciling every single one of us back to himself so that he could have his heart's desire, which is you and me. He even interrupted his own program to be with one of us. And he will interrupt anything to be with you.
This is the gospel, to know him. And in a couple of moments, I'm going to make that opportunity for us to pray. The prayer is simple, but the Savior is not. The prayer is small, but salvation is forever. The first step is the hardest, but the journey, oh, the journey, because you know who's with you on it? Emmanuel. Many of us have actually been hearing from this Emmanuel, this God with us, for quite some time. But like Mary, we think it's the gardener. And it's hard for us to see. Because life has had its way with us. And sadness holds our heart. Some of us would call it an intellectual argument, but it always comes back to a broken heart. And your heart's just calling out and saying, I just want to be safe again. I just want to believe that I could be safe. And I'll tell you the truth, these bodies, they break down. Gravity always wins. It's been beaten up on me lately. I'm coming up on 40. My vanity is just crumbling. The only thing that holds me together is that he's with me. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. You are beautiful. He wants to be with you. It's his nature. It wasn't something he did for the world, just the world. More importantly, it's something that he did for you, for me. So today, whether you've known him as a child and you maybe you had some great breakthrough then, but now you're at the tomb and you feel like you're calling out in a world where all you hear is the echo of your own voice and your own questions and your own experiences and you're weeping. And Emmanuel is here right now saying, dear child, I'm not the gardener. I am God with you. In Revelation, it says this, I stand at the door and knock. And whoever will open up, my father and I will come in to your heart and live with you. In Revelation, he's actually speaking to the church who has forgotten him. Hey, we're in church right now. I think it'd be okay for us to take that scripture and say, Lord, I know about you. I know some great stuff about you. I even have some great testimonies of a time when I was with you and I was aware of it and I loved it, but I, I, I don't remember your name being God with me like I once did. Please, please, be God with me again. And so today when we pray, this may be that moment where like Mary, your eyes are open and you recognize, it is Emmanuel. You are God with me. And not only that, you actually like me. You want to be with me. And I tell you the truth, he does. He's right here and he's at the door of your heart. These are not clever stories. This is the reality of the one that I love and the one that loves you. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's pray together and let's let this Emmanuel, this God who, who, who cut short just to, just to stop for the one, for Mary Magdalene, the beloved one in his heart, 
Well, he will stop for you right now. And he will stop for me. So I want you to just bow your heads. And we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray a prayer. And, and if it resonates with your spirit, then I want you to repeat the thing that I say. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And it's along the lines of what I just spoke about, that we would believe in our heart that he is who he says. That we would confess with our mouth, which is the reason why we even speak right now. And whether this is you asking him simply to be God with you again, not just a religion, not just fire insurance for some great day. Eternal life means nothing if we don't have him with us now. So for many of us, today is the day that God's calling us back to himself. Almost a new journey, almost a new relationship for us. And for some of us, it's the first time. And we're saying, if this is true, if you are truly the risen son of God and you have power to be with me, then I want that. And so for you, you will be simply beginning that journey and he will come in. And you will feel it. Because he is Emmanuel, God with you. So let's pray together. Emmanuel, God with me, I want you to be with me. I don't want to be alone. I admit I've sinned. I've fallen short. I've done things I'm ashamed of. <laughs> I tried to make up my own rules. I couldn't even keep them. I surrender. If you have the power to save me, do. I believe you do. Come into my heart. Teach me about yourself. And I will follow you all my life. As long as you're with me. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, I want to give you a Bible, and I want to give you some first steps to begin this journey. It says that in heaven, anytime one person, one person is taken away from the dark one and into the kingdom, all of heaven stops, and they turn and they rejoice. Because just like Mary Magdalene, Jesus stops for you. He stops for the one, and all of eternity stops and says, we just got a new brother. We just got a new sister. And not only that, our Father's heart is delighted because the one that he loves just got reconciled back to him. The one he's been looking for, and that one is you. So if today you prayed this for the first time, I just want you to raise your hand. Come on. Yay, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are my sister, and you've made my father's heart very glad. And I have an awesome Bible for you. 
and a big hug if you want it. If not, firm handshake, the arm pat. Is there anyone else that prayed this for the first time? And I'm a terrible hunter. In the back here, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is God with you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And may he give you peace. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And you leave here not alone, but with the one that loves you. Share this love in every place you go with everyone you meet, in deed, in attitude, and with words. I charge you in the name of Jesus, and I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you need prayer today, the prayer servant team will be here in the wings. They'd love to pray for you. We would like to ask that those of you that, that would pray for an hour, please come and sign up that we can cover 24 hours of prayer that the chain of prayer wouldn't be broken as we continue to pray 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. In final, in final uh, message, this Thursday from 7 to 8, we'll be in the prayer room praying. If you'd like to come for that hour, we would love to have you there. God bless you. I would love to meet with those of you that just gave your life to the Lord. I'm going to be at the table in the back, and I would love to bless you and give you a Bible on that study. I love you guys. Have a great day.